Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life. And today we want to talk about having joy in marriage. A good thing to talk about, right? Yeah. Would you say you have any experience with this topic? I got tons of joy in my marriage. <laughs> All right. Is that just like easy, dropping the bucket? No. No, it's work. No, I mean, it's good work, but it, it can be times, of, it can be hard. There can be moments where, you know, the, the angry eyes come out or the upsetness comes in or the outside factors make it tricky, but... We, we fight for joy, you and I. Would you say that joy in marriage usually occurs like after 8 a.m.? Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Really, there's no joy at all before <laughs> in my life. That's not true. And just, for me, I start out the day so joyful. I know. And then it's just, you know, the tank only has, there's only so much. <laughs> for you, it's after 8 p.m. You're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you tapped out. Well, before we really get into some suggestions about... Uh, how Christians should pursue joy in their marriage. And we, we do think mm-hmm. there's a list of things you can do to proactively pursue joy in your marriage. First, I think it's appropriate to explain why this is a topic. This is an important topic. Um, we are convinced from Scripture that Christians are called to be joyful and to have joy all the time. And so certainly... Uh, one major aspect of your life is your home life and your marriage relationship. And so yeah. these areas that are close to home, quite, <laughs> that, that are literally, literally home, in the home. Uh, are, are certainly not excluded from major areas of life that we ought to pursue and cultivate joy in. So um, we just feel that this is not just kind of icing on the cake. We're not just talking here about how to have a happy life, how to just make your life better, and we're going to give you five steps to having more fun in your marriage. I think we can do some of that, but it's because we're we're driven by a love for the Lord and a desire to follow His Word, which tells us to be joyful people. Yeah. I mean, I've got the song going in my head. Rejoice in the Lord always <laughs> again. I say rejoice. You always have songs in your head. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's straight from Scripture, though. It says Christians need to rejoice. We're called to rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in our relationships. I mean, this relationship between you and I is the top relationship I have on earth. So I should seek joy. I should want joy. I should see that as a job of mine to not make this a drudgery or a, that's right. something that's a downer. Right, but instead a joy. And before I respond to that, do you want to share with the people how you make up songs regularly about anything and everything? <laughs> most recently, Uh-oh. Mrs. Kobayashi's Ten Day Plan. <laughs> no, you don't need to share that with the people. Okay, it's pu- too too public, too too <laughs> well, personal. Let's just say it goes a little like this: <laughs> Mrs. Kobayashi's Ten Day Plan. And you know what? All the kids are singing it now. Yeah. But. So this is Andrew's teacher came up with the Ten Day Plan, and you turned it into a song that all of our kids sing. Do you smile when you sing? Well, sometimes <laughs> people roll their eyes when you sing about Mrs. Kobayashi's Ten Day Plan. That's true. All right. Uh, it puts a smile on It brings joy. We okay? digress. <laughs> I think one of the points that you know you were making before I took us off on that rabbit trail uh-huh. is that you do have to work for it and you do have to fight for it. Yeah. And, you know, recently we have done a lot of work in our front yard, just cleaning it up so that it's not as much of an eyesore for our neighbors. And already 
even though it's like brand new, pristine, looking great, um, already there are just these little pesky weeds mm. that are creeping up all mm-hmm. over the place, sprouting through. And and so I, we were talking about it before we recorded, and we realized that this is kind of a picture of a relationship. And, you know, we all started off in our relationships happy and joyful and yeah. loving each other and head yeah. over heels with each other. And, you know, th- there was Christine. joy. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, we had joy in our relationship when it was young love. Right. And as young love gets older, uh, it can, the joy can start to diminish and yeah. these weeds can start creeping in. And if you are not intentional to go through and, uh, tidy up and clean up and deal with problems, then pretty soon these little weeds can just take over. Right. And so we want to talk about uh, how to uh, not only deal with some of those weeds, but proactively put some good things in place in our relationships to have and maintain joy. Yeah. And when you think of those weeds, what we're, we're thinking of, we're not thinking of, you know, immediately to come to your mind, like, oh, my spouse has a bunch of weeds. Yeah. They really need to clean it up. We're, we're talking about the weeds in our own life to deal with that. And even weeds or sin patterns potentially within marriages that were, are left undealt with. Yeah, that's right. So the first proactive step is uh, to work at unity. And what we mean by that is don't allow problems to fester or mm. just go on without being dealt with. Yes. When there's problems, you have to work through them in order to maintain joy. And yes. uh, so some of the weeds that are there yeah. are unforgiveness, right? right? Bitterness, grudges. frustration, yes. grudges, right? Right. So we got to work through those things in order to have and maintain joy. And if I allow something that really deep down bothers me, about you, something you've done to hurt me, and I leave it, all of a sudden I just start piling. I'm tempted to just pile additional things, small things, even go back, you know, time before and add in extra things. I mean, and that causes me to view kind of everything in a negative light. But if instead there's an issue and it's one of the things I can't overlook, right? I've just, it's just, it's, it's there and it's causing a problem. I need to just deal with it with you. We need to work it out. We need to talk about it when we're calm and we need to move past that thing. And if I leave it, oh, I'm just like, you know, under my teeth, I can have that response to you rather than one of joy and happiness to see you or just, you know, just an easygoing relationship. It puts a barrier, a wall. Yeah. And I think there's two sides to this. You know, one is you need to uh, be ready and willing to speak up mm-hmm. and to share things oh, that ready. you're frustrated about. Yeah, but not everyone <laughs> is. And then second, the other side of that is I need to be approachable. Like yeah. you need, you should be able to talk to me and right. I need, I need to welcome it when you bring things up and not be surprised. Like what? You're not allowed to be frustrated about something. Right. I mean, you just, you need to be willing to speak. I need to be willing to listen if we're going to work through stuff. Yeah, for sure. That's huge. Both parties involved. That's right. Okay. The second thing here is to grow your relationship mm-hmm. with each other. Don't just live together. Mm-hmm. Have a relationship with each other. Yeah, it can't just be business or agenda, schedule items or kids' needs and here and there. There needs to be a relationship. And it just makes me think about early on in dating, marriage, the relationship, the hours on the phone. How do you feel about this? What would you like to do someday down the road? I mean, all these questions and ways we talked 
And I think if that gets squeezed out and it's just like, hey, item agenda, item one, two, three, bada bing, bada boom, and then see ya, then then you're not going to have much joy because it's just it's just a transaction. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the reality is we do have a business to run and we have, <laughs> yeah. we have four uh, insubordinate employees. Uh, <laughs> employees. <laughs> but... Um, so there are business items. Yes. And you've got to talk sure. through those and you got to sync up on those. Totally. But we think it's really important for you to not only talk about business items. Yes. You also need to talk about just how you're doing, what you're learning, yeah. how you're feeling, what you're struggling with, mm-hmm. uh, what you're excited about, uh, what you care about. And you're really good at making me laugh too. Uh, even when you see me, well, I'm that hilarious. There's, that there's a lot of business items or just things like in the schedule or busyness or just, you know, the weight of kids stuff, whatever. You can see that and you can always kind of tease me, joke with me. And when we laugh together, when we play or, you know, just, just are silly or whatever, that brings a lot of the tension relax. Okay. We're past the business items. This is a relationship. I just like hanging out with you, laughing yeah. with you, you know, yeah. that's important. Yeah. And you've got to maintain that. You've got to work to maintain that. Yeah. Well, you got to work to maintain that because you're not that funny. But <laughs> <laughs> but you just said I was. And then I laughed about it because you are funny. Yeah. Okay. All right. But who makes you laugh more, <laughs> you or me? <laughs> I definitely, well, I'm funnier, so I make well, <laughs> myself laugh more. <laughs> hmm. Oh, Notice sorry. I didn't say anything about you being funny and making me laugh. Oh, ouch. But you're hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number three, and this kind of follows closely to the one before it, is yeah. to listen to one another. If you're going to grow in your relationship with each other, that was, that was our last point, part of that is going to involve communicating, talking, where you really do just back and forth, you really do listen to each other. Huh? What did you say? No. <laughs> I wasn't listening. <laughs> Get it? See, that, See I'm that on was a roll. that was borderline between funny and not not funny at all. No, but it's so true. I mean, to really ask the questions and to listen, and even to I don't know go a little farther with your questions sometimes when you see that that's needed. You know, someone looks like they're weighed down or upset or, hey, what's really going on? Explain to me. Let's let's talk about this. So let's make sure before we flip on any show or check out tonight once the kids are in bed that we talk through. It seems like something's, something's going on. How can I help? And just to, to ask those deeper questions, that's where this relationship is the first place where we can share really our hearts and... Uh, get kind of deeper level than just surface stuff. It's good. Number four, expect your spouse to have tough seasons, mm. just to have tough, a tough day or a tough week or just tough times in life and to not be surprised when you need to pick up a little bit of slack in the relationship and be the encourager, be the one who's helping, mm-hmm. uh, be the one who's there to, to serve in any way possible. Yes. I think... Over the years, it's been a shift for me when you've been in a busier season and maybe potentially earlier on, I'd be more of a kind of a, I'm bugged. Like, well, he usually does this around the house or he usually helps me here at this time and now he can't. And if I had that perspective, if I kept that perspective, then through your busier seasons, through your tougher seasons, I'm going to now just kind of be annoyed with you. So now you've got the extra burden, whatever it is that you're going through. And then me, I'm piling on top more because I'm like, 
what's the deal, man? Rather than me now, kind of what I've seen the last years is, okay, I see that this season is tough. What can I do to just bless him more, encourage him more, lighten his load more, take the burden off, release him to do what he needs to do. And by stepping in and stepping up the service, it's I'm not going to be frustrated with you or angry at you through the season because I just see it as my job to really kick up the serving, to kick up that, you know, to punch it into high gear and help you out. Yeah. Teammate style. Yeah. And, um, you know, I like there are going to be days that are hard that that I have. And and then there's going to be days that you have that are hard. And um, I just think if we are both aware that, you know, not surprised or caught off guard or frustrated when our spouse has a bad day or a tough day, uh, we're just going to be poised more so mm-hmm. to be helpful. Yeah. So this is an opportunity to serve and care for your spouse and, and to come alongside them in a way that they really need yes. during one of those hard times. Uh, and that really leads into the next one. I've lost track. Is this number five? <laughs> um, the, the next one is, is does then serve your spouse. Yes. If you want a, a joy-filled marriage, um, you really should serve your spouse and uh, be willing to come alongside them, whether it's a tough season or if it's just a normal day and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, serve. Yeah. Care for your spouse. Yeah. Know that you're going to be a servant. That's what you signed up to be, and that's what you can expect. And I think, too, make sure you're not – as you're thinking through this point, maybe make sure you're not the one that's always needing the help. You know, there's a problem, I think, that will rob some of the joy out of a marriage. If there's always one spouse who's constantly putting the extra service pressure on their other spouse, like they're always the tough one. They're always in the tough season. They're always needing the extra help. Um, That's going to cause tension. It really should be that it's kind of a give and take. It's not like there's a you know, a chart and you get a few bad days and then I get a few bad days and you step up here. But, but if you're the one that is kind of the always needy one, maybe we could look into that a little bit. And if there is a chart, you should probably get rid of the chart. (laughs) Um, You shouldn't, shouldn't keep track of uh, who's, who's high maintenance on on which days and who's not. But uh, I do think that this, this really is important for each spouse to take a moment and reflect um, am I putting too heavy of a burden on my spouse? Am I expecting too much out of them? And maybe the way to combat that is, as we suggested, to think through how you can strategically care for your spouse yeah. and not, you know, be the one who needs to be served. For sure. Um, and uh, I-, I wanted to save this one for last, but let me just go there now because it ties in so well to this idea. Um, you can only put so much on your spouse mm-hmm. uh, in terms of having and maintaining joy. Um, really, your your primary source of joy needs to come from the Lord. So that's the sixth suggestion that we're giving here um, and probably the most important one. Yeah, Your horizontal husband-wife relationship is important and can be a source of joy, absolutely, but ultimately... And uh, most importantly, yeah. your joy needs to come from your vertical relationship with the Lord. And so regardless of what's going on in your marriage, whether it's a good day, whether it's a bad day, whether you're communicating well or not, 
you're able to have this kind of unshakable, confident, steady uh, relationship with God through it all. Yeah, that's huge. That's foundational. I think that's why I wanted to leave it for last because it's like we're 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 wanting to highlight that as maybe the key, the most important thing, the foundational item. So for sure, I did want to give a bonus though. Okay. So like, and then we also have another one. Oh yeah. No, this is the other one. Oh, okay. That was our last one, the one yeah. you just shared, yeah, Joy yeah, in yeah. the Lord. But here's the here's the bonus one I want to sneak in because we have to address the the small ones. I think kids can, um, when kids are added into the relationship, they add in a lot of extra needs. And I, I know at least some moms and, and dads too, I'm sure, can all of a sudden just switch and put all of their effort and attention into the kids into their needs, into helping them. And they really will burn out everything they have for the kiddos. And I think if that's the case in a, in a marriage, in a family, you're not going to have much left for your spouse. And kids will run with that too. Oh, they'll take it all. Yeah, and they're needy they'll people. soak it up. Right. But if they're, they're in your bed and they wake up with you and they're, you, you never get a nap time, you haven't trained them to take a break or to, to not interrupt you and your spouse when you're talking or to go to bed at a reasonable hour and stay in bed. I mean, there's just so many things where we've tried to put in practical items in our marriage with our kids because we want to make sure that our marriage time is a priority and we don't, or we're not interrupted all the time, or we're not just giving them everything and they're just sucking it up. And then, oh, hey, I'm too tired really to develop my relationship with my spouse. So just something to be aware of, as I'm sure many people with kids can see that. That's right. No, And that's where you got to sit down and come up with a plan for what what's going to happen with the kids. And uh, they need to not just take over Mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that, that requires some thought and strategy. Um, so just by way of conclusion here, we'll, we'll pose a, uh, a challenge or a question at the end, but to tie it all together, you know, to me, it was really important that we establish at the beginning of this episode, why we're concerned about having joy in our marriage. One, we want to have a good relationship with each other. It's life is more just fun and enjoyable that way. Mm -hmm. But two, you know, we, we linked this to, um, a command that we have in the Bible to be joy-filled people. And you can see after having worked through that list that if some of those horizontal relationship factors are off, it certainly has an effect on your vertical relationship with God. If we're not communicating, if we're harboring bitterness, um, if we're not, if we're being selfish, if we're not serving, like any, any one of those things that we just talked through is if one of those is off, then chances are there is a problem in your vertical relationship with the Lord. And so this is going to help you to think through those things and work through some of those things to have just a better relationship with God at the end of it. Yeah, that's great. So what's our challenge? Maybe just after having thought through that list, which one of those things really jumps out to you as the weakest area in your life, in in your relationship with your spouse? Mm -hmm. And maybe you can start there. Yeah, it's a great place to start. Well, we thanks so much. We thanks so much (laughs) for you guys listening, and we will catch you next time. See ya.